Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Does God answer prayer, yes or no? Okay, all right. So let me ask you one more question. In fact, I'll ask you the exact same question, just worded in a different way. Pick a random person sitting in this room right now and ask yourself this. Do you believe that that person would be better off if you prayed for them? I mean, would their life actually be really better in real world ways? Their life is better if you pray for them than if you do not pray for them. If you say yes to the first question and you're waffle on the second question, then your yes to the first question is not really a yes. You give lip service sometimes to the idea that God answers prayer, but do we really believe that enough to where uh, you can see it in our lives because we, you can tell by the way that we live, by the way that we pray, that we really think Someone is better off if we're praying for them than if we're not. It may be that the biggest impediment to prayer uh, is we just don't really believe it does much of anything. Look at the final sentence here in verse 16. If you, if you, you hopefully have your Bible open here to James 5, verse 16. And he said, look at that last sentence. He says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Now, why does he throw that in? What is the purpose of that sentence? The purpose of the first half of the verse is very clear because it's a command, right? Two commands. Uh, confess your sins and pray. So it, it, when he says, confess your sins, pray, that's a command, that's an imperative. The purpose of that is obvious. It's to get us to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another, right? But what's the purpose of that, that last statement about prayer being so powerful? Why does that need to be in there? Why not just command us to pray and be done with it uh, and let us discover on our own how powerful it is? Whenever God gives a command, this is a, a tip for interpreting Scripture, whenever God gives a command immediately followed by a piece of information, usually that piece of information is what you need in order to obey the command. It's a motivation. It's a motivation. Uh, God doesn't just command us to do things. He gives us, um, he helps us obey the command by giving us motivation. And one of the greatest helps that he gives us is to provide incentives that will get us excited about what will happen if we obey this command because all of God's commands are good. Uh, God knows that prayer is hard for us. It's hard. He knows that. And uh, our tendency is going to be to neglect prayer. God knows that. And so instead of just commanding us to pray, he gives us information that tells us prayer gives you access to real power. And that's the motivation. Now, is that a good motive or a bad motive? I mean, is, is it a good thing or a bad thing for you to desire a powerful life? Well, obviously, it's a good motive since God offers that as a motive, right? He wouldn't tempt us with a bad motive. It's a good thing. It's a good thing for you to want a strong, powerful, effective life. God doesn't want you to go through life spinning your wheels. He does not want you to limp along with powerless ineffectiveness in your life. God wants you to have a powerful, effective life, and so, he, so he's showing us how to get it, and, he, and, and the way to get it is through prayer. 
Someone said, prayer is the slender nerve that moves the mighty muscle of omnipotence. It's powerful. Nothing will make you more powerful than prayer. Because prayer moves the hand of him who moves all things. And it's a strong statement that James makes here. The NIV says it's powerful. Your Bible might say very powerful or great power. It's actually two words. Polis, much, and Escuo, powerful. Much power. Lots of power. It's very powerful. The word uh, effective, it's power, very powerful and effective. Now, that's a little harder word to translate. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities. I won't get into all the, the details. But I, th- I think the most straightforward reading is probably this. And the, and the most likely meaning is the prayer of a righteous man is powerful because it brings about an effect. Literally, it's powerful, very powerful, bringing about an effect. Um. Prayer changes outcomes. It, ch- it, it changes what's going to happen so that, so that the outcomes are different than that, that what they would have been had you not prayed. If you uh, had some kind of special telescope that God gave you where you could look into the future, if you, could, if, you turned it, so if you turned it this way, you could see 10 years into the future of your life if you pray, and then you turn over here and you can see what the 10 years, next 10 years is going to be like if you don't commit yourself to prayer. What you would see in those two views is totally different. Different. Your next 10 years of your life, very different if you pray or if you don't pray. It brings about an effect. That's what this phrase means. Uh, And the emphasis in this verse uh, isn't really on praying for yourself. We, we, We saw that in verse 13. Your life will be different next 10 years if you pray. But the emphasis in this verse is... Praying for others. That person sitting in front of you, in the row in front of you, the row behind you, or, or, or wherever. Uh, some person sitting near you. The next 10 years of their future looks different if you pray for them than if you do not. And if you don't believe that, then you don't believe James 5.16. If God says that the prayer of a righteous man is very powerful, then the prayer of a righteous man is very powerful. And very powerful does not mean impotent or powerless or inconsequential, right? It means the opposite of that. Things will be different. Things will be much better in their life if you get serious about praying for them. This is the power that God has put in your hands with prayer. James doesn't say, pray for one another so that they'll feel good knowing that somebody's thinking of them. I mean, maybe they will feel good knowing that you're thinking about them, but that's not, that's what he says. He says, pray for them so that they may be healed. Physically and, and spiritually, they'll be restored. Something will change. You pray, they recover. You don't pray, they don't recover. Prayer is not just some vacuous religious exercise, some divine mind game. It's not God saying, well, I'm going to do this either way, but I want you to pray so that you can pretend that you're involved. We're told to pray in order to cause things to happen that would not otherwise happen. Namely, the recovery of a fellow saint. And you might hear that and say, well, yeah, but that's hard. It's hard for me to believe that because God isn't answering my prayers. He doesn't answer my prayers. Well, if that's the case, there's a couple of possibilities. It may be that you haven't had much success in prayer as, as you could have because uh, those four conditions that we talked about last week for prayer, something's missing in one of those four. Remember those? 
relationship, reason, resolve, and request, uh, the strength of your relationship with God, your motive for praying, you know, the earnestness and persistence in your praying, uh, the, the request that you pray for being aligned with God's will, all of that. It could be that one of those is missing and it's not in place and that's what's hindering your prayers. But another possibility is that God has been answering your prayers and you haven't noticed or you haven't remembered those answers because all of your attention is focused on the particular prayer that he didn't answer. You've lost sight of all the hundreds of times that God says yes because of your disappointment over the times that he said no. We're so prone to forget the marvelous things that God does. We forget. How many times in Scripture do you see that? Don't forget. Remember what I've done. And the Israelites, they kept forgetting. We ignore a hundred acts of mercy and grace because we're all upset about the one time when God's timing didn't match up with our timing. And so it becomes impossible for God to give us joy through answered prayer because no matter how many prayers he answers, we don't, we, we, we're not going to be satisfied because we didn't get that answer to that one prayer that we prayed that we thought was best and God says, no, that's not best. But whatever you think your experience might be telling you about the past, the the Word of God is more reliable than your evaluation of your own experiences. And the Word of God is very clear. The prayer of a righteous man is very powerful and brings about an effect. It changed my life when Tracy started reading that book, uh, The Power of a Praying Wife. Changed my life. Ladies, if you want a better marriage, you want a better husband, get that book and read it. I don't know what it says, but I'll tell you, it changed my life. <laughs> Whatever's in there, all of you should be grateful that Tracy read that book because uh, if it weren't for her prayers, I don't think I'd be half the pastor that I am now. I know I still have a lot of weaknesses as a pastor, but if not for Tracy's prayers, I'd be a lot worse. Trust me. And not just her prayers, but uh, prayers of hundreds of others. People praying for me. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that those prayers have had an impact. God has answered because the prayers of, uh, of, a righteous, of the righteous are powerful and effective. And because they're even more powerful and more effective when we pray the prayer of faith. How did those questions in the introduction hit you? Did you find yourself giving a quick yes to the question, is prayer effective? But then you weren't quite as quick on the trigger with that second question about if you could see 10 years into the future, would it be a lot different depending on whether you prayed? If so, obviously there's a question mark on whether you really believe prayer has an effect. And if that's you, try this. Before you pray for someone, imagine you had that magic telescope that could show you 10 years into the future how much better that person's life might be depending on whether you prayed and how you prayed. Or maybe one year or one month, whatever time frame is relevant for that kind of thing that you're praying for. Try that and see if it has an impact on what you pray for and how hard you pray. Father, you have invited me to ask of you. You said, ask and it will be given. You said there are times that I don't receive things only because I don't ask. Things you're waiting to give me, eager to give me. You're just waiting until I ask. Father, how many of your gifts have I left on the table simply because I didn't ask? Or I asked in a half-hearted way. 
Forgive me for how weak my trust is in your promises regarding prayer. Teach me to trust you more. You're full of compassion and mercy, so eager to show kindness to your children. Help me believe that, to believe it so much that you can tell from the way I pray that I believe it. When I'm in trouble, teach me to pray. When I'm happy, tune my heart to sing your praise. Elijah was a man just like me. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Teach me to be a man of earnest prayer, so that ten years from now my life, my wife's, my children's lives, grandchildren, the people at church I pray for, all these lives would be far better than they would have been because of my prayers. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.